Welcome to the G3 Podcast. We're excited to be with you. I'm Virgil Walker. I'm sitting here with Josh Bice and Scott Annual. Uh, we're excited for this episode of this uh, of this particular show. Um, one of the things that we're excited about talking about is just this time of year, this season of the year, and that is a season of graduations. Uh, it's the time of year that everybody gets excited about, kind of the the end of a journey of education. Uh, I've I've had the chance even this even this week uh, to in, to enjoy uh, either either a card from a graduate or, or attending a graduation ceremony and uh, I'm, I'm I'm actually some of these some of these graduates I'm actually gonna reach out and see if I can't get a loan for some of the monies <laughs> <laughs> that all are in, and yeah all the gifts that are in these checks uh, that they're receiving or, or cash and 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 the like but uh, it's an exciting time it's a thoughtful time it's a time to kind of think about a time to reflect and. And uh, we want to do that during this episode of our show. Before we jump into that, let me uh, invite you uh, to the G3 uh, 2023 National Conference. Uh, it is going to be happening here in Atlanta, September 21st through the 23rd. Uh, the, it's all about the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. It's something that you will not want to miss. Now, I'm going to encourage you to go to g3men.org and get registered. Uh, we, we have a price increase that is going to be happening at the end end of May. And so you'll want to take full advantage of any discount codes that you have access to, uh, everything that you can so that you're not paying the, the higher cost of it on the on the back end. But all of that is there in place for a purpose, for a reason. Take advantage of the cost savings now. Jump on to g3men.org uh, and get your tickets while you can. Uh, we do anticipate, and I'll be excited when the, when the day and time comes when I can say that we're sold out. Uh, but we're getting we're getting there. We're nearing that point. So definitely get on, get registered. Uh, in addition, we want to make you aware of a couple of of uh, workshops that are coming up. One of them is sold out, right? The one mm -hmm. in May, May twenty yep. third through the twenty fourth, uh, biblical worship workshop. I mentioned that only so that you know that those are out there and available to you. That one's sold out. July twenty seventh and twenty eighth, the biblical worship workshop. Scott, where's that going to be located? In Texas at BMA Seminary, yeah, Jacksonville, yeah. Texas. Uh, exciting time. If you're in that area or near there, you'll want to get on the website and get connected. In addition to our national conference, we always have a phenomenal lineup for our pre-conference as well. Uh, you'll want to participate in those. You'll want to be a part of it. We have the gospel and the state. Uh, that's something being led by our, our dear friend uh, Owen Strand uh, at GBTS. Um, that's going to be a, a awesome conversation. Uh, in light of all the things that are going on about Christian nationalism, our role as believers, how do we interact with the state, what should what should effective Christianity look like in the public square, that'll be a robust conversation. You'll want to get registered for that. Also, our friends at, at TMF, the, the Master's Fellowship, are, are going to be doing uh, a, a pre-conference on gracious and courageous. How do we engage? What does it look like uh, for us to be courageous uh, in a time where there's always pushback against Christian faith uh, and, and, and gracious at the same time. And so all of those things are going to be very, very helpful to you. Want to encourage you to get on the g3men.org and, and, uh, and get registered. As we tee up this conversation, Josh, you have a graduate in your home. Yes, I do, yeah. actually. Yeah, so we got a chance to enjoy her uh, a graduation kind of ceremony and the like. I know that was exciting for you, yeah. for your family as well. Tee this up for us. Yeah. How should we be thinking about this time of year? Yeah, I think we wanted to have a conversation uh, about graduation today and really to be able to talk to graduates yeah. and even parents of graduates to talk about what a wonderful season this is, a time of reflection, a time of celebration, but also a time of recommitment, a time to commit yourself 
for this next phase of life. I can recall back to my own graduation from high school and just thinking about those those days is sort of a, a really neat snapshot, if you will, that right. sort of just sticks with you. You right. can remember, you know, where you were, how, how all of that unfolded, the friends that were surrounding you. Um, but yet, uh, if you if you're honest, I think oftentimes we look back at you know a moment like graduation, and we can think of, okay, were there missed opportunities or maybe mistakes that we made that we, if we could go back, we would do things differently. Advice that we should have listened to that really was available to us, maybe in terms of the the community of the church or older wise saints in our own families that we should have listened to, maybe even advice from parents that we should have, you know, taken to heart. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, these days are really good days. They're, they're, they're intended for the purpose of, you know, marking a time of accomplishment. But at the same time, it can be also a very valuable season for, you know, charging a graduate yeah. with, you know, some responsibilities for the future. If you are indeed in Christ, if you're graduating from high school, this is a time for you to yes, celebrate, but it's also a time for you know a graduate to take seriously this next phase of life yeah. with all of the godless ideologies that are bombarding us. If a graduate is planning to go to the next step in education, to go into even a uh, uh, any type of uh, you know further you know step in education, yeah. whether it be um, online or whether it be in person on a on a college campus, if it's a state school, there's there's all sorts of challenges yeah. that a graduate is going to meet. Um, so uh, you know, a, a graduate needs to be thinking in terms of what's the big picture here. My life is not just right here. It's it, 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 you know, there's a trajectory to this, and I need to take that seriously. And I think that. These are great days for, yes, reflection and celebration, but also a time to plan ahead, to chart out a path. And so I would love for us to be able to talk about that, yeah. to, to think about the, the biblical wisdom that is provided to us in Scripture, and also what does church history look like, and be able to think about, okay, if I'm graduating, what should I be thinking about, you know, not only, you know, two months from now after summer's over, right. but now what does the fall look like? What does next year look like? What does 10 years look like? What does 20 years look like? Yeah. To be able to think about this yeah. thing. For me, it was, as, as you were talking about that, I, I went to kind of reflecting back in my memory bank about my, my graduation, uh, just kind of key moments, thinking about where, where my parents were and how proud they were and all of that. For me now, I, I actually enjoy getting a chance to come to um, the, you know, the graduation parties for friends, uh, you know, who have either family members of the church, uh, just because it, it's great to see through the lens of others some things that you actually missed during your own season yeah. at that mm-hmm. time. So for me, it was more that like uh, getting a chance to to enjoy that w- with with you and your family this this past week. And it was one of those things where we got to kind of look through a, a different lens, reflecting back. I thought, man, what 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 a wonderful situation. 
uh, for a Christian young person to be in, where they have uh, God-fearing parents who who are, are are discipling them, who see education as a as a means of discipleship, um, who who are pushing them in a particular direction uh, as 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 their gifts uh, are beginning to represent themselves and the like. For me, as I go back to to my time, I know I know it was decades ago. It, it wasn't that many decades ago. <laughs> I just want to start that out before we go anywhere with that. Like it wasn't that many decades ago, but decades ago when when I reflect upon my time, I think my parents were just more proud than anything. You know, they, uh, my dad had a sixth grade education, uh, did not actually graduate from high school. Uh, my mom did finish high school, went on to some additional uh, education with, uh, with with nursing. Uh, but, you know, none of them had, had made the plan to go to college. And that was kind of the next step uh, for me. So I felt it was great in that I felt like I was heading down kind of some, some, uh, uncharted territory, but at the same time for me, I was just an arrogant little, you know, I, I wasn't listening to anybody. Yeah. Uh, I, I wished someone would have sat me down and just said, hey, listen, there's some wisdom. Sure. There's some direction. There's some things you need to think about. Yeah. Uh, my parents, again, be, just based upon their level of education, didn't have the the foresight to say, here's where you need to go and to point you in a, in a, in, you know, in a particular uh, direction. Again, there were, fortunately for me, godly people uh, who came along and helped me along the way but but i think the the, the conversation that we're going to have is helpful uh, in that way yeah, so yeah, these absolutely. these sort of transitional stages in life are are so valuable to just stop mm. consider where i've come from mm-hmm. where i'm going in a sense you know metaphorically speaking put down some markers yep. to remember god's goodness to remember the good things but then also to to think you know in, into the future um, I think you know, Josh. What you said a moment ago about having a long vision, like okay, here I'm at, here I am at this big transitional moment. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to just get, get caught up in the moment. Yeah. What's what's going to happen in the fall? Those are important decisions. What am I going to do this summer? But start thinking now about looking into the future is mm-hmm. is so important because you know the fact of the matter is we probably are all like this. I think about myself at that stage and looking forward. I had some certain plans, visions, object, you know, objectives that came to fruition. Yeah. That still, that still are part of my life. And then I had a whole lot that I didn't expect. That I went a completely different, uh, different trajectory. And so it's it's really important to take stages like this, pause, think, reflect, get godly counsel from from parents, from pastors, from other godly Christians. And uh, and then and then begin to plan with a view toward the future. Yeah. Really important. I can remember being in school, and my you know teacher was asking questions like, "Where do you see yourself in ten years?" Yeah, you right. know, and I would always write down certain things. You know, at that time, I had this big goal: I was going to be in the FBI, and I was going to you know have this certain you know life uh, career goal that was out before me. And then, you know, of course, God interrupted those plans, and He changed my my heart. He changed my direction in life. But it is important. I think every like big ten year, you know, block, my wife and I will go out for supper, and we'll say, "Okay, now, you know, ten years ago, we asked ourselves a question as we sat over a meal and celebrated. What would we be doing? You know, what would life look like in ten years?" and and a lot of the things that we will talk about seems to have come to pass because we're we're actually charting out, we're setting goals, and and I think that that's really important mm-hmm. to do. I think a Christian, you know, ultimately says, "Well, we trust in the sovereignty of God. 
right? But that doesn't mean that you don't plan, right? right? That doesn't mean that you don't look into the future and set out really good goals that would honor and glorify God. So I think anyone that's graduating today, my advice would be to, yes, smile, laugh, throw a big party, have a blast, enjoy this time, enjoy opening the cards and reading all the notes and then watching the money fall out on the floor and pick mm-hmm. it up and just enjoy all of that, right? But at the same time, uh, pause, take a deep breath, look at your life, ask yourself, what is the purpose for my existence in light of eternity? What will I do in the next 10 years that will have eternal weight and value? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's critically important. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. I, I know for me, I, I had one, the only thing that I knew that, that I had that would carry me through was I I'd made a you know, profession of faith uh, as a junior in high school. And so I, I knew that that whatever whatever uh, other decision that I would make, that that would be the cornerstone, the key yeah. for the direction of, of my life. I was going to jokingly say I knew that I would be the executive director of operations. For <laughs> 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 yeah, I had that sure on the plan. Yeah, 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 I had that on the on the on the map there. But but uh, but again, one of the things that that is amazing is um, just God's providence in it mm-hmm. all. You know, as you begin to navigate life, as you're making decisions along the way, uh, it's it's incredible how uh, the, the things that you choose, again, as long as, as you've got that that kind of lens in mind that you mentioned, the view of, I want to honor God with my life. If you're if you're doing that and, and, and are making decisions based upon that lens, how he'll, he'll use every aspect of your mm-hmm. life to prepare you for what he has for yeah, you down the road. Absolutely. And e- even things, you know, God, God in his sovereignty uses our plans and things that we do, even in ways that we didn't intend. I mean, I can think of countless things sort of in my high school years and college years that from one perspective, I might look back and see and ask, you know, how in the world did that contribute? But then you think for about 10 seconds and you realize, oh man, that really prepared me for something that happened 15 years later that I didn't even expect. Uh, A situation, a set of skills, Mm -hmm. an opportunity, um, and so, you know, yes, we trust in God's sovereignty, but that's not just let go and let God leave yeah. it to whim, leave it to fate. Right. No, we consider godly counsel. We consider biblical principles. We consider our own giftedness and desires. We make plans. We move forward fully expecting then and anticipating that God might take us in a different direction. But we have to start moving before he can actually take us in any direction, yeah. and that's key at this stage of sure life. Sure it is. Yeah, and, and so I think, you know, if I'm going to speak to a graduate today, so those of you who are, like, watching this podcast and you've just recently graduated, I want to encourage you because these are really exciting days. Mm-hmm. But what I would also say to a graduate would be this, is this mindset that you have to wait until you're super old to do really big things for God mm-hmm is really a mistake. Yeah. When you look at church history, you know, we, we, we are not promised tomorrow. Right. So we have to live every day with eternity on our minds. Right. And so the idea of waiting until you're like 55 or 60, I mean, that's ancient for, you know, someone yeah, that's yeah, I mean, 17 yeah, or 18, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I, I, you were looking and at so, me like with some clarity when you no, said the, brother, the 55, I'm, I'm like, bro, that's not, you know, I'm not there no, yet. No, we're I'm the just, only three people in the studio. Okay, I'm okay. just looking oh, this oh, direction. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I, yeah so, I'm sorry. My bad. Laramie, is that is that is that accurate? I mean, you're I'm just like looking across here, right? right. So um so yeah, I mean, don't be so like, I, I, yeah, I, sensitive. I think Virgil. it was the last podcast we yeah. did. I over the hill kind of got yeah. this in my brain. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that sounds like a personal problem. Uh, it to is, me. no doubt. Midlife no doubt. crisis. It is, no yeah. doubt, no yeah. doubt. 
red Corvette in the well. I don't know lot. about that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. G three dollars. I mean, it's kind of yeah. You know, we, yeah. We can talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, but seriously, I mean, if you look at church history, look at the individuals that we that we love to quote, the biographies that we read, the preachers that we love to to talk about. Look at those individuals, those theologians. Look at the the wives of these individuals and see how were they spending their time, right? I mean, I just think about you know Charles Spurgeon's wife, you know, Susanna Spurgeon. And here here's this woman who marries Charles Spurgeon just before her 24th birthday and she supported him all along the journey of ministry and what an, an unbelievable ministry he had and yet she was consistently trying to help and reach out to especially even after his death reaching out to the needy pastors and and supplying them with books good books to read and to encourage them in in their own ministries i mean you 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 think about individuals like you know uh ann judson for instance who who marries adoniram judson and you know she was 23 years of age when she got on a boat mm. to sail to the other part of the world this is before air mm. travel was a possibility mm. it would take you know weeks or even months to travel across the ocean and she was bidding her family farewell you know she would never see them again and she would she would die a, a very lonely difficult death mm-hmm. and you think about these these people you know you think about yeah. the wife of a Jim Elliot for instance who would against counsel go back to the very place where these savages had had mm-hmm. you know killed her husband and she would spend her life trying to invest you know to further the gospel you think about both men and women of church history who took their lives seriously and recognized it's just a vapor it's a mist it's here today it's gone tomorrow but they were refusing to waste their lives and so i would just encourage any graduate to be thinking in terms of eternity to look at church history to stand upon the shoulders of those who have gone before us and to recognize that you know we do have just a short time here yeah. be good stewards of your time invest your time wisely don't waste it on trivial things and then think about okay how will this short little life impact generations to come yeah. I think my the, the the core thing that I would want to share with graduates is is related but from a lif, little different perspective and that is you know God again God has different plans for all all different sorts of people and God uses some people in some really really big ways right. you you write the institutes or you plant you know 20 churches or you know God uses some people that way but one of the things I would also encourage you know the the, the graduate who's kind of looking ahead is is to realize that God also uses the stay-at-home mom, the homeschool mom. God also uses a godly Christian man who has a lifelong career as an accountant and as a faithful church member and as a uh, maybe a deacon in his church. Uh, God uses God can use anything, any vocation, any legitimate vocation, right or stage of life. Uh, one passage that's really significant and that's always struck me on this point is is what Paul says in First Corinthians chapter seven, verse seventeen, where he says, "Let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, to which God has called him." 
And, you know, we, we talk about calling, you know, in our Christian circles. We tend to focus on a calling to be a pastor, calling to be a missionary, and God does call people to that, and we need to pray that God will continue to do that. But what this, this passage is not talking about calling to ministry within the church. Uh, Paul is talking about, you know, wives who who are in, in tough situations, or he, he's moving on to, to circumcised or uncircumcised, people who have kids or don't have kids, people who are married or unmarried, all different sort of normal, yeah. regular, everyday stages of life. And, and Paul wants all of us to recognize this, and it's really important to grasp it at this transitional stage in a graduate's life, that, that whatever situation in which we find ourselves— that is God's calling for you. Yes. And you can serve Christ in that yeah. in just as a significant way, although different ways, but in just as a significant way as a Jonathan Edwards or a William Carey or some of these men that we look back at. You know, behind behind those men were mothers who 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 reared them in their in their homes, were were godly deacons within the church, were godly mm-hmm. church members who, you know, who had an impact on them growing up. And so I would just urge the, the graduates listening to this podcast, seek God's calling, uh, seek the, the giftedness that God has given you. Uh, some of you God will ca- call to big things. Some of you God will call to ministry within the church, to being a pastor or a missionary. But some of you God will call to uh, uh, situations in life that might not seem flashy or big yeah, or good or huge, but serve the Lord faithfully in those callings as well. Yeah, on that point, Scott, I can remember when we, you know, went away to seminary, there were, you know, obviously, you know, wonderful opportunities for my wife to use her education. She had gotten an education and she was uh, able to use that education in the field of, you know, like, uh, uh, it was this whole idea of like personal training and um, athletic training in terms of, uh, health and, mm-hmm. you know, able to invest in that sphere. Mm-hmm. It was really good because when I was in seminary, I was working a job and she was working a job and we didn't have children and that was great. But when our children came along, there was a transition that happened and my wife set aside her skills to invest in our children mm-hmm. in the home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't read like all these books and have all these people like speaking into our lives at the time we were young. We had not personally engaged in home education, but there was a commitment at that point that if I needed to work two or three jobs for her to stay home so that we weren't dropping our daughter off at the babysitter, there was a moment where I dropped my little girl off at this little old woman's home in our small town as I was going to the seminary. My wife was already uh, in Louisville working, and we had a conversation like, we need to do something different. Mm, yeah. And when my wife walked away from her career to do that, to invest in our home, even before there was a time you know, to then engage and have the conversation about home education, right. uh, people questioned that. Yeah. Sure. And they said, you know, are you wasting your career? Right, right. Are you wasting your education? Why did you even go to college yeah. then? And things of that nature. And so the reality is, is that you don't have to go to college to do big things for God. Mm-hmm. But if you do go to college, then you need to do it for the glory of God. Yeah. There needs to be an aim and a purpose in that. Not yeah. just like uh, four years of parties, right. and then you get a diploma at the end so that then you can go do life. Yeah. There needs to be an aim and a goal in everything that you do. Yeah. So whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, you do it all to the glory of yeah. God. Yeah. And so 
Yes, and amen to that, because the idea that you have to, you know, go write the, you know, 70 resolutions or a 95 theses or get on a boat and sell or an airplane in these days and, you know, fly across the world and, uh, you know, serve in jungle, you know, uh, settings or whatever it might be to really do something for the glory of God. No, the ordinary life, the ordinary Christian life in the context of the local church, spent for the glory of God, week in and week out, does in fact make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about what you said about you know where you all were in that process with your, you know, with, with your your wife seeing your daughter dropped off. We did that. We had the exact same experience uh, in the Walker household. Uh, Tamika was working as as a cosmetologist and she was doing you know the hair thing and 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 all that was had a great time. But we were witnessing. I'm so shocked. I just shocked don't by see that. that. You'll see her in, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> she had a great time doing that. And then dropping our, you know, princess, my daughter, off only to take almost all of her earnings from, you know, cosmetology and hair and all that to pay someone else to raise our, our daughter. Right. Uh, and you just get to a point where you're like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it, it for us sent us on a trajectory to, to carve out a different life yeah. for us so that we, you know, I made sure that all of what I did was not dependent upon to incomes and the mm-hmm. like, but it but it leads me to kind of what what I would share in the way of just kind of advice, if any, for for high schoolers and and even for adults, for us not to be conformed into the the image of the world, not to be mm. conformed by the world, right, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans twelve two. There are a lot of things, especially nowadays, that are thrown at young people uh, as as they engage in a social media culture. Yes. Uh, every time they turn on, you know, Instagram. Uh, most of them aren't on Facebook, but on TikTok, what they're being sold is this idea that there's quick money, there's quick riches, there's right. a quick way to be an, an important person. Uh, you ask most young people now, what do you want to be? Many of them will say, I want to be a, a social media influencer, <laughs> right? And so that's that's their goal, that's their desire. Mm. And so they're setting up cameras and doing different things, uh, all, all in an effort to promote self, mm. yeah. right? All of it's the idea that I, I need to promote me. I need to get my face out there and do something rather than everything that, that you gentlemen have just been talking about, which is how can we serve others yeah. for the purpose of amplifying God's glory? Yeah. yeah. So our church here has a tradition, the graduating class and their families are invited to a meal that's hosted by the church and the pastoral staff will you know, sort of charge them in a, in a smaller setting. And I think that this is a really good thing in the life of our church. And I've been a part of it, you know, for years. And over these 13 years that I've served here as pastor, I've spoken at those very mills. But this was my first time being there as a parent, mm-hmm. as a father mm-hmm. of a graduate. And so it was a special moment. But one of the traditions is that we write a letter. Both mom and dad will write a letter that will be read by either one of the pastors or uh, another lady will read the the letter from the mom mm-hmm. to the graduate. So we're sitting there with our daughter as our letter is being read. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's a flood of emotions, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But one of the things that I said to my daughter in my letter that I wrote her was on this very, you know, idea that mm-hmm. we're fleshing out here. I came to the very end of the letter as I reflected upon her life and reflected upon you know, accomplishments, but also her faith and then her future. I I just said this. I said, 
Never underestimate the importance of a faithful woman who loves God with her whole heart and commits herself to passionately and faithfully serving Him. The hallways of church history are filled with stories of such faithfulness. May you be counted among them. And so that's that's my goal for my, my yeah. little girl. Yeah. So when people, like we had 150 people at our home, you know, this past Saturday as we were celebrating my daughter's you know, graduation, yep. we had all this barbecue and we had, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a wonderful time, yeah. but a lot of times people will come, they'll say, okay, what are the next steps? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I will often say, well, we don't know all of the next steps, but here's what I do know. Yeah. I'm charging my daughter to be a faithful wife and a faithful mother in the days to come. But in these days, a faithful young lady in the life of our church as she prepares for those next yeah. steps. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that, that this kind of message is so important, especially at this stage of life, because, you know, 17, 18 year old, 19 year olds, you know, have the reputation of being restless of, you know, you know, wanting the next big thing. And, and actually some of that sort of built in energy and ambition is a really good thing, right? That can serve the Lord's cause. But, but again, sometimes it leads to a discontentment. It leads to, to a, an unbiblical restlessness. Right. Virgil, you were talking about being influenced by the world and this idea of sort of you know, social media influencer and these quick ways to earn money. Sure. The unfortunate thing is that it has even impacted sort of the Christian sphere, quick ways to gain Christian notoriety, Christian rate, uh, quick ways to make a big splash for God. Yeah. And that sounds better you know, making a right. big splash for God sounds right. better than making a lot of money. Right. But in essence, it's the same root worldly problem of discontentment and resting in God's good sovereignty, mm-hmm. in, again, living the life that God has called us to. Um, and so w- what we would, you know, it, it's important to take that energy and that mm-hmm. ambition, which is a, which is our, our good qualities, and and put them, channel them in, in the kind of direction where, for instance, Paul would tell Timothy— don't let anybody despise your youth. Yeah. You know, don't don't use your youthfulness in an immature way. Mm-hmm. Use that energy, channel that energy for the glory of God in even everyday vocations, in being a good church member, in being a, a, a as you as you you know move forward in life and and end up do getting married, being a good husband, being a good uh, a good wife, uh, doing that for God's glory, being content in the station of life that God has given you, it, it's it's so critically important at a at a restless time of life. Yeah. Sure it is. I would love to get you guys' feedback because I, I I was one of those young people who went to college, didn't finish, had to come home, um, gathered money, went through kind of the I, I did everything backwards, right? Uh, normally people go military, you know, service. And then, you know, they get done with that and then they do college. I did mine backwards. I actually went to college first, uh, didn't finish, go to the military, gathered the money and then finished my degree uh, in college. So just kind of a backwards trajectory. And I remember for me, another kind of pivotal point uh, was the point at which I finally got my, my degree, mm. right, as, a, as, an, as an adult. Uh, get the degree, and now I'm trying to wrestle again with uh, first one in my family to, to get my degree. I think you, you're probably the first mm. in your family as well. Um, you, you're thinking about, okay, what, what kind of a mark do I want to leave? Mm. How, do I, how do I navigate those kinds of things moving forward? We kind of talked a little bit about it for, for the young person and uh, young people, but we also have this, this, this group of adults uh, who are also— you 
you know, navigating this whole educational process. Uh, they're thinking about next steps. Maybe if they were like me, they got the degree for the purpose of, of making a better living or lifestyle for my family. Uh, but at the same time, I was trying to figure out what, how, how do I use what, what God's now blessed me with in a way that honors him? Is there anything different that, that we would say or that you would say to, to, to an adult in that kind of the same, same spot, same situation? I mean, I think it's, you know, basically the same, you know, we, we have this, this short little brief life and whether you are a, you know, a traditional graduate or a non-traditional student or whatever that looks like, uh, I think that the same principles apply. I think that we have to recognize that we have just a short season and whatever it is that we do, we need to do it for the glory of God. So yes, if we can, if we can, you know, be afforded the opportunity, even as a non-traditional student, to go back and get an education. Yeah. The, the, the real big question would be, what is this for? Yeah. Is it for the glory of God? Yes. Is it really going to make a difference? Mm-hmm. Or is it just to check a box to say, I reached a goal and got right. some sort of further education, right. you know, a degree of some sort? Right. So I think we just have to be honest about, you know, the, the motive and the goal and then is this time investment and is this financial investment worth all of what it's going to cost me? Yeah. And so we just need to be evaluating these steps. Yeah. You know, yeah. you almost have to make that decision even now for kids, right? Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about my son who graduated last year and, uh, you know, next steps to the point you made, do, do you send him off to college? And we've had the conversation about education uh, and what that looks like. And, you know, more times than not, if it's a if it's a public college education, uh, we're having to pull back because yeah. there's a there's there's a push to contradict, uh, to 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 uproot everything that you've taught from yeah. a standpoint of a, of a Christian worldview. Uh, I think it's imperative or it, it's it's important for us to think about these next steps. Yeah, it is. In fact, we had uh, a friend show up at our party this this weekend. And her son is graduating too, and he's about to go away out of state to to college. And she was asking us if we knew of a church in that area. And of course, you know where I point them typically is the G three Church Network map. Right. Um, and so, uh, but if there's not you know anything pinging on that map in that that location, then what we encourage uh, all parents to do is before you like root in and, and dig into a specific, you know, school and say, this is the school that my child is going to go to. We would encourage you to think in terms of, is there a local church there that can, you know, support my son or daughter through this time of the next, say, four years of formation and education in their life that will benefit them spiritually? Because what we can't do is just turn them over to a school, a university setting, and say, go to the Christian, you know, uh, group in, in uh, on that right. campus, right. Right. some sort of, you know, club or association right. or, you know, whatever it might be, and say, this is what's going to be, you know, your spiritual you know, formation opportunity yeah. during these four years, that would be a tragedy. That would be a mistake because, you know, we, we can't look into a camera today and say to every graduate that we know what God's will is for your life. But what we do know is that God's will for your life is the local church. Mm-hmm. And you can't minimize that. Mm-hmm. You can't turn away from that. You have to actually embrace that and you have to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And so this is critically important. Yeah, yeah, I think those ideas are important to kind of flesh out as we kind of begin to land the plane here on this conversation. It's I think it's important for 
parents to know and be excited to celebrate uh, the time that they have at home with these young people, right? As they, whether they're planning to go off to college or whether they're going to stay at home and, and, and really try to figure out what next steps are. These, these conversations are important. These ideas are important to think about and consider. And I love what we talked about, which is really ensuring that wherever they go, that, that the idea, the thought process is how do I honor God? Mm-hmm. How do I leverage the gifts that God's given me in a way that will give him the most glory from my life? Yeah. Um, and so that those are the kinds of things that we definitely need to be thinking about. As we kind of put a put a button or, or pin in this particular episode, any, any last thoughts that, from either of you gentlemen that you want to share? No, I would just say, again, be faithful. Faithfulness in day in and day out for the glory of God. Then no matter what happens, no matter what vocation, no matter what unexpected things come into your life, faithfulness to God and his word is is so key. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good word, Scott. And there will be, you know, problems that that, that come along. There right. will be, you know, missteps and mistakes that, that you make. And so you don't give up. You don't throw in the white towel. You, you actually turn to God's Word that is sufficient, and then you make adjustments along the way. A couple of books I would like to recommend to graduates would be, you know, these books have been very helpful to me, and and here's a a really good one by R.C. Sproul, The Holiness of God. And this has been a really good book. I think you should just take time to read it. If you think about the holiness of God and how the holiness of God should impact your own life, it will actually shape how you take these next steps as well. I would also like to recommend my favorite book outside of God's Word, and that's The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. And when you think about Bunyan's uh, life and you think about, you know, even his sacrifices, his ministry, all of it, it's, it's really an encouragement to me personally. But this little book, an allegory of the Christian life, is important as you think about a pilgrim going from the city of destruction to the celestial city and how we as Christians need to be making you know, right steps to stay on track. Obviously, Christian gets off track on numerous occasions, and he's brought back to the right path. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be doing the very same thing in our Christian journey as well. Yeah. I think you know, as we sort of think about the big, the big picture, we say, okay, there's, there's a figure like a Jonathan Edwards. And you think about, okay, here's this towering figure of church history. He wrote the resolutions. You know, we have these 70 resolutions. And and yet when you study his life and you think about those resolutions, we need to be reminded of the fact that he wrote those when he was about 18 years of age. So once again, you can still do great things for God's glory at a young age. But yet he also uh, was, you know, the preacher of the most famous sermon in American history, which is Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, and uh, just a powerful sermon. So here's this towering theologian that we know as Jonathan Edwards, and from his life we have just a massive impact. If you just look at a life that was spent for the glory of God, just listen to the legacy of this man from Jonathan Edwards generations to come came 300 pastors, missionaries, and professors in the realm of theology. More than 110 lawyers, more than 60 physicians, more than 60 authors of significant books, 30 judges, 14 presidents of universities, numerous giants in American industry, 18 holders of major public office, three mayors of large cities, three governors of states, three U.S. senators, one chaplain of the U.S. Senate, and one vice president of the United States can all be traced back to Jonathan Edwards. 
So this is this is important to remember. Yeah. But what about the homeschool mom? Mm-hmm. What about the the little girl that's growing up and and she now has come to the place of graduation and and she's not going to be called to the pulpit ministry. So can she do great things for God? And the answer to that is absolutely she yeah. can. Throughout the hallways of history are unnamed giants that we will never know who they are. Right. But the most important thing is is that God knows who they are. Amen. And God has raised them up for a, a very distinct purpose, and they need to spend their days for his glory. Yeah, man. It's a great way to close this edition of the G3 podcast. I want to do a couple things, and that is to encourage you to like, uh, subscribe, and to share this podcast with others. Uh, jump into the comment section. We, we actually read those, and sometimes we comment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we get into those, so definitely want you to do that uh, as far and wide as you can. Thank you for joining us uh, for this edition of the G3 podcast.